What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Bo, and this is Linson. You're gonna hear more about us in a minute, but this is the start of Release the Ape podcast, vlog. I mean, I don't really know what we call this darn thing, but um, Linson and I are from releasetheape.com. Uh, for those of you that have been following us a long time, we did a ton of writing back between 2012 and 14. I mean, hundreds of articles from many different authors, really cool community. And, and then we just thought, hey, we don't really have much more to say. Like, we're not just writing to write. We're writing to influence and think and have community around the apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic. And so we just put down the pen for a little bit and got back to uh, the day-to-day -day mission and learning things. But now uh, we feel like we got a lot to say. Times have changed. 2021's among us. Uh, cultural uh, realities have changed, political realities, racial realities, generational realities. Um, so what does the apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic look like today? That, that's why we're here. And so for the kickoff of this new uh, conversation via video, um, we just want to do a couple things today. Just hear our heart. Why are we doing this? Um, get to know Linson and myself a little bit. Um, remind you of what the three offices are and why are we so focused on the RTNA, or sorry, the R, uh, the A, P, and E, my bad. <laughs> and then um, just give you a little foreshadowing of where we're going. So that's what we'll do today. Uh, really excited to be back with you. Um, yeah. Here, Here's why I'm excited. Um, activating apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic people are so important for the continuation of the mission. Um, especially in the cultural moments we are in today. And when I think about getting this conversation going, I couldn't think about someone uh, like Lince, doing it with someone other than Linson. Um, Linson, you've just been such an inspiration to me for years. I mean, I moved to Louisiana to work with you. Um, and Linson, just so you all know, and he'll introduce himself in a minute, um, just one of the best missional thinkers I know. Uh, one of the better evangelists I know. When when I think about living on the edge in a creative way and expanding the kingdom of God, Linson's just one of the most passionate, innovative, sharpest thinkers I know. So I'm excited for you to get to know him and his thinking more. Um, one of my favorite talks I've ever seen him give was on um, the adjacent possible and just the idea of how one area of mission that we're in is connected to another possibility and to always be looking for those. I'm probably just butchering his talk, but <laughs> I was inspired. And um, I'm just excited for you all to get to know him, hear from him, be inspired yourself. And so let me stop there. Um, Linson, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Why are you excited to show up and start talking about this again in, in video form? Um, take the floor, my man. Yeah. Well, Bo, that was really flattering. You know, uh, I didn't know you were going to say all that. So I'm, I'm super flattered. But, you know, I want to say, you know, I'm excited to be here and do this again. But I mean, to be honest, I love hanging around Bo. So we, we do this a lot. We talk about our local mission. We talk about the scriptures. And then we riff on each other. We think deeply about what's going on culturally. So being able to just hang out with Bo, which I already love doing, and uh, being able to record and getting your thoughts on that is going to be, I think, going to be a life-giving time for all of us involved, especially all those in the RTA community. Um, one of my favorite things I get to do with Bo um, is get to go to new campuses uh, together. And um, I, if, if you don't know Bo personally, he, he's, he's an evangelist at heart. He's always looking 
to be uh, to share the gospel to people. And so I remember we were driving across Louisiana together, and uh, I pointed at a university. I'm like, "What? What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, that's that's a really it's like the smallest campus in Louisiana." And then we both kind of looked at each other and we thought that would be a great place to start. So we just exited the highway. He had just picked me up from the airport and we drive right into campus and we have no plans. We don't have really any connections and I don't know what's going to happen. And Bo, with his kind of just faith in the Lord, just crossing new boundaries, just uh, almost like a, watching like a toddler. The, the faith that he had, childlike faith. We just walked into campus, met some administrators, and then he just immediately started ministering to students. And just right then and there, um, seeing how the Lord was and the Holy Spirit was moving in that place. It's just one of the fun memories I have. So I think uh, you you guys are good. We're going to have a blast sharing more and more stories, but I can't think of anyone more fun and more insightful to do this than with Bo, uh, because we got, we're not just talking about it in an ivory tower. Like we are going out and doing it. We'll have crazy stories to share along the way. And I'm excited to do this right now, again, because of the cultural moment we're in. I, I went back and I'll read some of the stuff that we wrote and I kind of asked myself, do I still believe that? Do I still think it's going to work? And so much has shifted. I think the pandemic, race, politics, just what's happening in the church. I mean, seeing church leaders fall. Um, I mean, it just feels so different, Bo. And I feel like we're going to get a chance to come back at these things again. And maybe the Lord will reveal um, new ideas. So, I mean, that's why I'm excited. I, w- I want to do it all over again and think about what God is doing among us. Yeah. Um, just brief bios for those of you that are watching for the first time, maybe don't know us. Um, Linson did work with InterVarsity. Now he's a pastor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area predominantly with Indian South Asian uh, churches and demographic and just thinking about planting and expanding churches across that area to reach um, South Asian families. And um, I'm still with InterVarsity. I oversee the work in Louisiana focused on reaching now Gen Z students um, and uh, the 38 campuses in Louisiana. And so both of our backgrounds have just been uh, highly uh, filled with evangelism, planting, and we just care so much about getting to that new space, getting yeah. to that new student. I think if we, that new person, I should say, not just student, if we had to characterize our energy or our passion, it's just new people in new places. Mm-hmm. Um, we care about the people that are here. We want to develop people deeply. Don't get me wrong. Um, there is deep down inside of us somewhere uh, shepherding gifts, and we do care about <laughs> teaching but when you think about the offices that ephesians puts forward of apostolic prophetic evangelistic shepherding and teaching what our blog gets into and what was originally inspired a lot by alan hirsch i've got to give him the hat tip because he inspired me a ton in my graduate studies in wheaton back in 2010 uh, ish you know the imagination of the church of the western church has been around the shepherd and teacher Um, A place of healing, a place of theology, a place of care. So important, so needed. And you can read a ton about the the behind the scenes ideas at reallysafe.com. We don't need to get into all that here. But what we have been really um, focused on and energized by is how do we activate more apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic leaders 
in today's culture? Where is the imagination for the young apostle? Where is the imagination for the young evangelist? What does it even mean to be a prophet today? Those are words that just aren't in our language very much in church. And if they are, they're kind of dangerous words. Um, yeah. They're kind of flagrant words. I mean, when if you hear someone call themselves an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle or someone else calls someone one of those words, you're kind of like, uh, was that a Greater good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> you know, like we're just confused and we are unsure. And um, those of us that are really excited about being called those words sometimes are the weirdest ones. And we're like, dude, stop calling yourself an apostle. You know, like, so we, we did all this writing to kind of unmystify or demystify AP and E. And there's hundreds of articles. Go check them out, releasetheape.com. But we stopped writing because we just felt like there's not a lot more to add and we don't want to write to write. We're practitioners. But now, in this cultural moment, like Linson already talked about, um, racially, right? We need to talk about what multi-ethnicity looks like and where's the APEs in that. We need to talk about what reconciliation looks like. We need to talk about um, how, how to raise up and reach people of all backgrounds, cultures, ethnicities. Um, we need to talk about the new generation, Gen Z. What does evangelism mm. look like to Gen Z? What does yeah. being prophetic look like to them, apostolic? We need to talk about the political realities of Trump and Biden and liberals and conservatives. And what does it mean to be a Christian? And what does it mean to be an evangelical or not? Um, what does it mean given that reality of the last four years? Um, and on and on and on and on. And yeah. so uh, before we do some definition and, and continue to tip our hat forward, um, let me pass it back over to you, Linson. Like, tell us a little more, like either A, uh, go a little deeper, why you're excited for this conversation. Like, is there an issue? Maybe is there a conversation that you and I have had offline that made you go, gosh, we need to do this. Um, we need yeah. to start talking again. Or um, if there isn't anything like that, what are you excited to talk about maybe in the second or third or fourth episode? Like which issues um, captivate your imagination or, or energy right now? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I feel like you, you nailed a great summary there, Bo. Like, you know, there, you know, if I can put like get real focused on maybe one idea that I, I want us to unpack over the next few episodes is I feel like, um, like when I go back and I read some of the things we wrote, I can tell that our reader has changed. Hmm. Like, so the culture has changed, but I feel like the the eyes that read some of those things, those those people have changed and uh, like different people, but the people that used to read, they are different now because hmm. of what has happened over the last four or five years. And if I could, if I could make it real focused, I think anxiety has changed the game, you know? Um, you know, you and I often talk about ambient anxiety, like even me and you, like we feel it, like we feel like anxious for some reason. And I go back and I read some of the things that you and I wrote. I mean, one of the, the things that we write a lot about is taking risks, right? We talk about risk taking a lot, go to the edge, what's the next, what's the next thing uh, the Holy Spirit's calling you to. And I feel like now when I read that and who I am now, man, risk stands out in a really profound way. Maybe that's why we feel weird um, associating, our, associating ourselves to be an apostle, to be a prophet, to be an evangelist, because those offices, a lot of ways, in, in like embody a God-shaped, uh, God-directed risk. 
Um, and, and a shepherd teacher in, in, in different ways feels like it's easier to wear that hat right now um, when everyone is anxious. You know, we, we need a shepherd. We, we need a teacher. Um, but then I ask the bigger questions. Um, does, the, does the mission field now change the way we do ministry completely? Do we stop? being certain kinds of people that God has made us to be because culture changed? Or are we still supposed to be who God made us to be, but uh, figure out new ways to engage? I think those are the big questions I'm, I'm asking. You know, even here at my church, I've seen anxiety on the rise more than I have ever seen. Like I used to say simple things like, you know, let's get after it. You know, I would say that to students. Now I feel like if I say that to somebody, um, you know, it, it, it might be taken the wrong way. Or I remember uh, back in the early or the, you know, 2010, 11, 12, 13, you know, I, I said, you know, let's get out there. And I would say something flippantly like, let's do some damage for the kingdom. You know, it's just, it was just fun ways to talk about, let's be bold and entrepreneurial. But now I look at those phrases and I'm like, bro, is that okay to say? And is there a better way to say it? Um, or, our apostles not needed anymore, you know? So I think that's what I'm kind of wrestling with. I love the biblical stuff, but it just reads differently now. Yeah, what, are we, what, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And, you know, if we were still writing, which now we're talking, um, yeah. I already feel the blog post. It's like mission in the age of anxiety, right? Or yeah. what? what is, wow. what does sentness in the age of anxiety look like? Not only reaching and ministering well to anxious people but what do we do with the ambient anxiety you call it um how do we care for people in that but also continue to mobilize like are we saying let's just not do mission because there's more yeah. anxiety in our culture um there's a tension right between really caring self-care is a big word like it's doing <laughs> self-care well but then the call to lose our life on behalf of jesus and the yeah. gospel and others you know, that's hard if you're saying, hey, I, I'm anxious. Um, and we don't make light of that at all. It's just a real oh. tension with yeah. mission forward, but then caring well for people where right, wrong, or different anxiety is just there on the surface in a greater way than we realize. It's in my own life as well, like you said, Bo. Oh, we, we feel it ourselves. Absolutely. Hold on, let me check my cell phone real quick. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're doing that all the time, right? I mean, we anxious, we pick our phone up. We got to do something. And we feel that. I think for me, um, I mean, I'm excited to talk about that too, but if you're asking me what I'm yeah. passionate about, to me, it's really the E right now, it's evangelism. Um, what does great evangelism look like, especially with this generation? Um, of course, I'm focused on Gen Z. I work with college students. Students are more unreligious than ever before. They're more savvy than ever before. They're more online than ever before. Um, they're more uh, sensitive than ever before, in my opinion. And I don't mean that negatively, just it is. And um, I think I'm just really asking, what does great evangelism look like in this new generation? What I've been trained in practice, theology, um, I always go back to felt needs. You know, what are the felt needs that a current generation is caring, like in the most palpable way on the surface. Well, the felt needs of today's person is very different yeah. um, than t five, 10 years ago. So you even mentioned one, the ambient anxiety. Have we always dealt with anxiety in our world? Absolutely, it's a human problem. 
but there's a different level and way we're carrying anxiety today than we were in 2012. So how do you minister to that person in an evangelistic way? Mm -hmm. Or what do we do with people um, that are really thinking about, you know, one of the offline conversations we had that was powerful is there's a high shame reality in our culture today, right? The classic line, guilt says I'm wrong or I've done something wrong. Shame says I am wrong. I am wrong. Yeah. We've talked a lot about people today are walking around feeling like they are bad. They are wrong. They're not good enough more than we've really felt before. So what's good news to that person? It's honor, right? It's you're honored before the Father because of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Well, that's a different kind of message than maybe we were preaching regularly six, seven, eight years ago. We would preach it, but it wasn't the predominant message. So I'm excited for some episodes on just looking at the felt needs. Um, how do we talk about the gospel well into those felt needs? What are the right atonement metaphors? Um, so many of those things. I think another thing I'm excited about, and I also just feel less equipped for, so we're going to need some of your all help watching this or get some guests on, but the prophetic role. Yeah. Like today's prophet. Um, we've seen a lot of prophets uh, around the racial realities in our country, around the political realities. Um, we've seen some beautiful examples of prophets. We've seen some unhinged prophets. Um, mm -hmm. What does prophetic leadership today look like? Um, where's the appropriate place for anger? Um, and where does it get out of control? Um, what does reconciliation look like? Or are we even allowed to use that word anymore? Some spaces would say no. Um, what does it mean to actually call people back to holiness or justice? Um, are we using justice correctly? Or are we slapping that word onto things that actually mean something else? The prophetic role is really prominent right now, whether people are calling it that or not. And I think we are really unclear about what a biblical prophet in today's culture looks like versus a secular prophet. And it's a Venn diagram. Some of those bleed together. Some of them don't. We right. need help unpacking that and giving clarity to young prophets what a biblical example looks like, not just a secular example. And I'm excited for some episodes on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you, but like we really need, I mean, there's layers and layers of things that we're going to have to um like tackle together and with our, our rta community like we really want i mean our heart here is really not to be an expert or to be right but it's really to explore like we and i feel like at the uh, as we as we explore we're going to be able to find ways to reach our community i mean and you know a couple of things that you talked about you know and, and we're, we're going to have to go back and forth here because sometimes we're talking about the mission field like we're talking about the anxiety in the mission field but and so that's to do evangelism. But then at the other side, we have the mission force that is also anxious. So mm. how to be an evangelist, right? Um, you know, how to be a prophet when you are anxious and angry, but how to speak to a world that is already anxious and angry, right? So what are we doing to our world when we do that? You know, how, how do we be a, an apostle that is full of entrepreneurialism and risk taking, but then the, the mission field is, you know, is like trying to, um, you know, keep what ground it has, you know, and, and so like, there's going to be a little bit of us saying like, what, what's going on in the mission field, but what does that mean for our mission force as they learn to be A, P, and E? Uh, what are we going to, what are, what are some tools, what, what's some exploration that needs to be done in both of these camps?
um, because we would be fools to, to say that the anxiety is out there, the, the, uh, the reconciliation is out there, the anger is out there, you know, it's not true inside me. Mm. And we've got to deal with those things as well. So I'm excited. I think I think we're going to get some help along the way here to be able to talk about these things, you know. So, yeah, and uh, maybe maybe it'll be a great reminder for for those listening right now, maybe what what we what we define APE as. And then that could be kind of the next thing we could do. So maybe you could remind us, Bo, what what you think about APE. Yeah. Um, So just to remind you all, releaseape.com hundreds of articles. We defined all these terms there. Um, We have theological writings on where do we even get this from that we try to back it up really well with scripture. Um, Lots of good stuff. So go, go have your way at releaseape.com. By the way, we have a free ebook there too. If you want to grab it with a collection of articles from, I think 12 different authors, but simply put A, P and E, the apostolic is the sent one. Um, it's the entrepreneurial, the, the, the apostolic leader is burdened, is energized, is called by God to start new works, new communities that will inhabit the gospel and um, will expand the gospel. They make space. So if you're watching this and you're energized by being in new places or being energized on the edge, that's the apostolic. For me, when I became a Christian in InterVarsity and I'm on the college campus and we had a 300 person fellowship and lots of small groups and we needed Bible study leaders and worship leaders and large group coordinators, I was like, I don't wanna be any of those things. Those people are already here. Can I start something where for the people that aren't here? Well, I didn't have that burden defined for me. It was called an evangelist and I am an evangelist. But the better word was apostolic because I didn't want to just reach unchurched or unchristian people. I actually wanted to start new spaces in the residence hall or on my golf team or at the nearby community college. That's the apostolic impulse. Let me go create something new. And that's an apostolic person. The, The prophetic person I think is energized or burdened. And again, you're going to hear us use those kind of words a lot and they're on the blog energy and burden, energy and burden, or wiring. The prophetic person's energized, burden, wired um, to call people back to God, um, to call things that are wrong into rightness. Um, another way to say it is, is justice. They're concerned with justice. Um, some people would say they're concerned with, with the, the healing or holiness or prayer. It, 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 you could use whatever words or look whatever lens, but it's really taking up people that have wandered off from God and reconnecting them to the heart of God, the holiness of God, the the purity of God, the justice of God. Um, Prophets say, hey, this isn't right. Come back here. Or a prophet might look at an uh, an apostle and say, you're spending all this energy creating all of these things, but are you even doing it with God? Are you doing it with a godly energy? Are you doing it with a focus on God? Or are you just starting things out of your entrepreneurial natural energy? The prophet and the apostle can hit because the prophet's like, slow down and focus on God and get right with God. And the apostle's like, stop looking at God and go reach someone. And, and it's a good tension. Yeah. And, and the evangelist, I call him uh, the hinge, like the door hinge or mm-hmm. uh, the swinger in the best sense of the word. Like they got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. They're looking at the prophets and, and the apostles creating space and creating holiness. 
and they're going, okay, is this an environment good for my non-Christian friend to come into? They want to create a hospitable place, a, a, a place that feels welcoming to the, the unbeliever, the, the seeker. But they're also very comfortable being in the world, being at the parties, being um, in, in unreligious spaces, um, being around non-believers, talking with them, connecting with them, and they're bringing them in and out of Christian spaces. They're, they're connecting the gospel in non-Christian spaces. Um, they're upset at the shepherds and teachers or prophets that are making things too Christian. It's like, if I brought my friend here, they would not like this. Um, that's an evangelist heart. Um, that's seeing that because their burden, their wiring is the unengaged, the unchurched, the unsaved, um, Mm -hmm. the non-religious, and they're going to do anything it takes to see them come to know the Lord or to feel comfortable or to feel hospitable. Um, so yeah, that wasn't, I guess, so brief, but that's the APE. Um, anything you want to add on that? Yeah. I mean, like, I I love that. I mean, and I, and I love hearing your passion about it. I mean, you know, I, I can tell you're an evangelist. I can tell you're an apostle. And, you know, you've got those, those prophetic moments in your life, too. And I've seen you do that in your preaching where there's a moment you call people like you may call people into the kingdom for the first time. But you're also talking to believers, and having them consider their ways. So I can definitely feel your passion in that. You know, you know, oftentimes when, when I think about it, especially when I think about leading others, I think evangelists, when, when their gift like uh, proliferates, um, it leaves it leaves um, you know uh, you know new like new conversions in its wake. You know, like I know something's evangelistic happening because I'm seeing people give their life to Christ, and I know conversion is a tough word, especially even in, in South Asian circles. So I would say new followers. They're new followers of Christ when the evangelistic like wake like hits a community. For prophets, I notice uh, when when their gift proliferates, I see a lot of repentance. You know, whether it's in systems and structures or if it's in my own life, like, you know, um, like, man, I really need to watch this arena or area of my life or I need to stop engaging in these actions and these systems. So like repentance is in the wake. And when the apostolic gift happens, uh, it, it starts to proliferate in a group. You see communities in its wake right you see new groups coming together new new places that are being reached and a a group of people brought together around scripture the communities start popping up all over the place and and there's something about when those three things uh in a church or in a ministry or in a geography start like get really kindled energized like you were saying wired the right way and they all start like uh, emanating god's you know glory through that gift you really start to see people come to faith, people returning to God, new communities being birthed. And like there's just something about that that allows the shepherd teacher brothers and sisters to really flourish. Like in that space, in the, when the apes <laughs> come into a spot, you know, the, the shepherd teacher, they begin to flourish too, right? And so I'm excited for us to really think about, you know, what does it mean for these gifts to just emanate? You know, because the Lord, the Holy Spirit is at work in us. And what does that mean for this culture that we're in? You know, and so I love you talked about good news. What is good news anymore? I mean, if it's good news, it has to be good, you know, or it's not the gospel. And it has to be news. You know, it has to it has to be shared. Uh, and if you don't have either of those, we don't have the gospel anymore. So, 
Yeah, so that's a little bit of, a, I yeah. think, my definition to kind of put a quick little... Well, I, I love that, to, to rift off that even a little more, and then we'll we'll start wrapping this up, because you guys, you know, I don't know how long your attention spans are. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> and um, we, we could talk forever. So. We could talk forever. <laughs> if the apostolic is about new community, I love how you put that, and the prophetic is about new repentance, and the evangelistic is about new conversion or new followers... Um, I know some of you are thinking, why don't you ever talk about the shepherd and teachers? We need all five. We do care about all five. We're yeah. focused on the other three because they're constantly neglected. But to tie it together, the shepherd, I would say, is, is focused on new transformation mm -hmm. um, and healing and growth, uh, yeah. sanctification, if you want to use a great theological mm -hmm. word, like new transformation. And the teacher, I would say, would be... Um, new information or new mm -hmm. theology like mm -hmm. growing your mind right yeah. like the teachers helping you grow your your understanding of truth in theology yeah. um so if the evangelists get you in the door because they've helped you fall in love with jesus and you believe now this good news and faith has now been implanted in your life well the teacher uh trains you up in mm -hmm. the theology and in the truth so you can stay and grow deep and the shepherd helps you heal and transform and become uh, a transformative disciple and follow Jesus. so they all go together john heaprink one of our other writers and you'll hear from him one day he wrote a beautiful article on release the ape about uh using the metaphor of a symphony and how they all five play together for a beautiful sound yeah. and you should go read that article it's it's brilliant and so that's how they go together. But here we are going to talk about the APE. They need their due respect. They need to be spotlighted. And so just, just as we wrap up, we want to say a couple things. Linson and I are going to continue to host this conversation. Um, he and I are going to be here almost every time. I can't say every time, but we will be talking about this regularly and putting these videos out on YouTube and on releasetheape.com. Uh, maybe even on iTunes as an audio podcast. We hope to have special guests too. Um, yeah. Maybe one-time guests, but maybe even like a loose RTA team. Like Linson and I will be the regulars, but maybe you'll start getting to know some other guests pretty frequently and you'll start to learn their heartbeat, their personalities. And we hope that it's men, women, uh, white people, people of color, uh, maybe even other countries um, I, I would be excited about that. So stay tuned on that. Last thing I would say is please send us your questions. Um, you know, shoot us uh, emails if you're on our email list. Um, drop us questions in the comments on our YouTube that we're, we're going to start. Um, maybe we'll even start an Instagram or something and you can DM us. I don't know. We're, we're kind of making this go as, as we go along. But we want to hear from you is the point. Like, what do you care to talk about? What do you want to know? How can we serve you? How can we help you? Linson and I will keep talking. This helps us in our yeah. ministry and our pursuit of God and our pursuit of calling. But we hope it helps you too. And we would love to hear what you are thinking about, what you're concerned about, what you want help with as we go into fall 2021 and really the new reality on the backside of this pandemic. Or I shouldn't even say the backside. We're still in the middle of it. Um, what does mission look like today? So, Linton, any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, I would just say I enjoyed in that. Please, please reach out to us. I think questions activate us because that's what we do all day long. We we ask each other questions. So, Bo will sometimes just call me and have this like really profound question, and 
and that that's what makes us go back to the Lord in prayer. It goes to scripture. It looks at our community, and we you know we start to put things together because of questions. So we ask that you keep doing that. Like I am very curious. Like what will what will the pandemic? You know, I mean this this phenomenon that this deadly phenomenon that has happened in our in our world. What will it do to ministry? And I think intersecting some of the APE in that will be really critical. And um, I just see a more divided society than I've ever seen before. I mean, we might even have people upset at even seeing me and Bo on the same screen or in the same podcast, you know, and, and, um, and me and Bo may not see eye to eye on every single, you know, political or racial thing out there. But um, that's not, that's not, that's, that's the question. That's the tension. And how do we live in that together? And so, sisters and brothers, as you listen to this, um, we we don't do this uh, for any reason other than to learn and to grow together. And if we can release more of the, more of that APE into the world, I think God's going to do something special um, in, in our community and through us. So um, I'm excited for that, Bo. Yeah, Amen. I think one final thought after you <laughs> talk, you talked for hours, um, but as I heard you 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 talk about the more divided than we've ever been. I think part of what's our collective heartbeat and we're feeling and we're trying to put words to and flush out the conversation is we're seeing more Christians paralyzed than ever before. Like, I don't want to be an evangelical. I'm not even sure if I want to share the gospel with today's climate. It's so inflammatory. And for lack of better words or to be polarizing for a minute, there's just a paralyzation of the mission, whether there's good reasons for it or not. I'm just becoming kind of passive and I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. But then we've got this really kind of confrontational side of our church that we're seeing now with just people are yelling and they're angry and they're online and they're rallying, whether it's the white supremacist rallies or it's the Black Lives Matters rally. I mean, we see this side of like, people are out there, man. And some of us are like, I don't want to do that either. Some of us are like, I do want to do that. And I'm not making a comment on whether that's right or wrong. What I'm saying is the polarities, I think, have left many people unsure. Like, what does it really mean to be missional right now? What does it mean to be evangelistic? What does it mean to actually be prophetic? Because I'm not sure I want to be quiet, but I don't know how to not be quiet because I don't want to be out like that. So I hope we can talk about that and help everyone find their ways, whether it's a little less than quiet or it's very radical. We're doing it thoughtfully. We're not doing it reactively. So let's raise up healthy APEs that are radical, that are passionate, that are bold, that are convicted, but are thoughtful, that are kind, that are full of the spirit, um, that are thinking about these things together. So Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Linson. More yeah. to come. We're excited. And, uh, yeah, give us feedback, good, bad, ugly. Feedback always helps, and we know uh, what you're thinking out there. So have a great day. God bless you. Later.